I want you to learn to redeem the time. In the Greek language, that means buy up every opportunity and make the most of it. Translated, I want you to learn to seize the day. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. You never know what's in a person till their back is against the wall. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. In today's message, we're going to meet a man named Shamgar, who beautifully illustrates the time-honored character attributes of courage, loyalty, and perseverance against all odds. He is everything we all hope to be when our backs are against the wall, and it's time to either sink or swim. So without any further ado, let's go right to today's message on Shamgar, the Fearless Farmer. So far, we've talked about David's mighty men, three of them, and then Benaiah. Remember Benaiah, the lion killer? And then we talked about Ebed-Melech, the friend from nowhere who delivered Jeremiah from the dungeon. And then we talked about Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, crippled in his feet, yet he was made great by grace. We talked about Hannah, the mother of a champion, Samuel. We talked about Jephthah, the original comeback kid. And last week we talked about Caleb, the old man who never lost his dream. And I like that one. But now this time I want to look at this man named Shamgar. We know very little about Shamgar. Most of you have never heard anything on Shamgar. He's found in two places in the Bible, two verses, both of them in the book of Judges. Now, when you read the book of Judges, you need to know that the book of Judges is the time, the era in Israel's history when they should have been enjoying the promised land. They should have been enjoying the milk and honey and the big grapes and all that God had promised them. But what you find in the book of Judges is a chronically backsliding people. Over and over again, God has to come and deliver them from an enemy because they backslid so badly that God allowed an enemy to come and chasten them and plunder them and rob them and harass them to wake them up where they could call out on God. Israel, in the book of Judges, believed in a flat-tire God. That is, they only called on Him when they had a flat. And there's people that live that way. They're only there in church when they're in trouble. They're only in the altar when things have gotten bad. And when they're in trouble, they say, Oh God, if you'll just deliver me from this, if you'll only get me out of this mess, I'll serve you the rest of my days. And that's what Israel did in Judges over and over again. And yet, as soon as God delivers them and blesses them, they go backslide again and you see them in the altar a few months later doing the same thing over again. That's not the way God wants us to live and it's not the way He wanted Israel to live. We need to be steady Eddie in our faith. 
We need to be totally predictable in our faith. Somebody came up to me a while back and said, Jeff Wickwire, still doing the same thing. And I don't know how they meant it, but I know how I took it. Yes, that's true. I'm still preaching. I'm still seeking God. I'm still pastoring. I'm still doing the same thing. So I don't know how they meant it, but I know how I'll take it. Still doing the same thing. I'm hooked. If God gives me 90 years, I'll still be doing the same thing. I will. Now, and I hope you are too, seeking God, praying, coming to church, praising his name, witnessing for him. Let's be doing the same thing and be steady, Eddie, and predictable in our faith. But now these people weren't. And so in the days of Shamgar, God had to let another enemy come after them. And the enemy this time was the Philistines, the giants, whose champion Goliath was slain by David. But here they are, they're still harassing God's people. It had gotten so bad that Judges chapter 5 describes the cultural chaos caused by the Philistines raiding the country of Israel, the promised land, where they should have been blessed. Yet it was the place where they were being continually vexed and harassed and defeated by an enemy. And this wasn't right. There was something bad wrong with this picture. Promised land, but it wasn't a promised land for them. Judges 5, verse 6 tells us that in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, the roads were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Imagine if it was so bad out there right now, you couldn't go down I 35 anymore. I'm not talking about rush hour traffic, I'm talking about it was deserted, that 35 was a deserted highway because an enemy was harassing the American citizen so bad. Somebody had come and taken over our country to the point where we couldn't even go down our own highways. They're vacated. And the Bible goes on and says that village life in Israel had ceased. The villages were empty. The villages were ghost towns. Because when the people tried to have a town or a village occupy it, and meet together and do what you do in villages. They couldn't do it because the Philistines would come and attack them and plunder them and rob them and intimidate them. So their villages were ghost towns. Their roads were deserted. They were having to take back paths to wherever they wanted to go, always looking over their shoulder, always afraid, always on guard, always sleeping with one eye open. Not God's plan. Verse 8 tells us there wasn't a shield or a spear among the 40,000 in Israel because the Philistines had done something sinister. They had gone to the smiths who hammered out the swords and the spears and the weaponry and they had shut down the shops of the smiths so that the people could have no weapons with which to defend themselves. You could say they took away their Second Amendment rights. They had no weapons to fight the Philistines with. Villages emptied, roads emptied. This desperate scenario finally got to one man. You know, it just takes a few. It finally got to one man. Enter Shamgar. The Bible simply and briefly describes his courage, and I want to read it again. It's an amazing statistic. He struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad single-handedly. Now, 
They were farmers in those days. They were very agrarian. And they used oxen hooked up to a plow. We've all seen it. And the farmer behind the plow and the oxen pulling the plow, they would furrow out the fields and sow their seed. And an ox goad was what the farmer used to goad the oxen because sometimes they would just get tired and sit down. And so the farmer couldn't just stand there while they took their siesta. So he had to goad them with the ox goad. And the ox goad was about five to ten feet long and two inches in diameter. On one end of the ox goad was a sharp point made of metal with which they would goad those oxen. And the other side of the ox goad had a chisel-like blade that they would use to rub caked-on mud off the wheels of that plow. So they had an ox goad. Now, that's all that Shamgar had. No weapons, couldn't get any. Think about this with me for a minute. When things reached a desperate point, he defended his family, his countrymen, and his property against these invading Philistine giants with a farm tool and faith. Folks, God doesn't need much. He whipped 600 giants trained in war loaded down with weapons with an ox goad by himself. Oh, I believe there were some skinny angels all around him. I don't believe he was alone if you could have seen him in the spirit world. But as far as anybody helping him, they were all saying, hey, you go, guy. But nobody went out and helped Shamgar when he went against these 600 Philistines. Now listen, God called Shamgar forward back then, and I really do believe that God is calling you forward into something now. Let's look at the bigger picture, church. We're in a nation that is going into depravity. We're in a nation that is backsliding away from God. We're in a nation that needs people who are strong in their faith, who will stand up and say, you know what? I've had enough. I believe that's what Shamgar did. Shamgar was pushed to the limit. And God is looking for churches all over America who are salty, who are filled with light, who are not embarrassed of the Lord, who are not ashamed of the gospel. I believe our hour is now, our time is now, and we've got an ox goat as well. Here it is, right here. Now, as I read the story, I believe it probably came down this way. Shamgar was just following the plow on a normal, everyday work day. He had gotten up, had his coffee. I'm convinced they had it back then. If you don't know me, you know I'm a coffee drinker. I believe on the eighth day, God created coffee. He got up and had his breakfast and went to the plow, got the oxen all hooked up and said, it's going to be a day of plowing. Here we go. Everyday work day. He's a blue collar worker. He's a normal guy, just a typical ordinary man, pushing the plow, doing what he had to do to make a living. And All of a sudden in the horizon, he sees a cloud of Philistine giants walking his way. Here they come again. Here come 600 Philistines loaded down, weaponry, spears, arrows, swords, armor. And they have come to make another invasion into his country. Already he knows of the empty villages, the empty roads, the frightened children, the intimidation. And I really do believe that At that moment, I don't think he planned on it. I don't think he woke up that day thinking that this was about to happen. I think that this day took a turn he never expected. 
But when he saw these 600 Philistine giants coming to once again plunder Israel on their own promised land, he had an inspiration in his inner man. Something in him rose up. And I really do believe he said to himself what you may have said to yourself in the past in your own battles. I believe he said, that's it. That's it. They've crossed the line for the last time. That's it. I can't take another day of this. I believe he could have used Popeye's words. I've had all I can stands. I can't stands no more. Now, I'm telling you, I do believe that for the child of God, there comes a moment, and church, hear me on this one, when the enemy is attacking, he's attacking your marriage, attacking your home, attacking your money, attacking your mind, he's tempting you, there comes a point in the life of the child of God where the Spirit of God within you rises up and says, that's it. I've had enough. You're not going to take another step. You're not going to harass me another day. You're not going to take another thing from me. I'm tired of being plundered. I'm tired of being robbed. I'm tired of being stepped on. I'm tired of being defeated. I have not been born again to live in defeat like this. I've got a promised land. I've got a promised land of love, of peace, of joy, and of victory over sin. I'm tired of being beat up on my own promised land. That's it. Devil, I'm rising up. Devil, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm telling you, there comes a time where you stand in your own living room and you start talking to things you cannot see. And you say, devil, that's it. Get off of my home. Get off of my money. Get off of my marriage. Get off of my body. Get out of my life. My God has anointed me to defeat you. I'm not going to put up with this any longer. That's it. And that's what this Shamgar did. Now, he doesn't have the New Testament. He doesn't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, but he had faith in God. He was a child of God as much as you could be in that day. He was a son of Israel. And some of you are at that point today, and I know this in your own life. You're tired of being raided and robbed and plundered and harassed and defeated. You ought to be tired of it. That's not what God called you to be and do. He called you to be on top. You're more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Isn't that what the Bible says? Doesn't the Bible say that he always leads us in triumph in Jesus Christ? Isn't that what the Bible says? There comes a time when you really do rise up and say, I'm sick and tired of mediocrity. I'm sick and tired of plain vanilla. I'm sick and tired of barely getting by. It's time for me to lay hold of the promises of God and defeat my enemy and enjoy my promised land. If that's you, then the story of Shamgar, and it's not just a story, it's an account, a historical account of one man who defeated 600 enemies when he said, that's it. Through my God, I will do all things and great things. At this point, having neither sword nor spear, think about it. He grabbed the first thing he could, the ox goad in his hand, and he slaughtered 600. He just began to let it fly. I believe he walked right towards them like David ran towards Goliath. 
And they saw him coming, not with no armor, no sword, no spear, no bow and arrow, coming at them. What is that man's carrying? Well, that's a farm tool. And they probably laughed at him. But something else grabbed hold of that ox goad when he went at them in the name of God. God used an ordinary man with ordinary skills and an ordinary weapon to make an extraordinary impact for God's glory. I love the way that God delights in using ordinary people. Let me ask you, are you an ordinary person here today? Are you ordinary? I don't mean dull, but I mean, are you just a a, a good old salt of the earth person? You've got some gifts, you do some good things, but you're not Superman and you're not Superwoman. You're ordinary, but can I tell you, if you're ordinary, you're a candidate for God to put his touch on your life and do something extraordinary for his glory. Give me, God, an ordinary church with an extraordinary anointing on it because we will do extraordinary things. I'm telling you, there is an army rising up in America that's going to do extraordinary things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, let me remind you of where you came from. Brothers and sisters, he says in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, think of what you were when God chose you. Think about it. Where were you when God chose you? Can you say with me, he chose me. Where were you when God chose you? And what were you when God chose you? Paul says, not many of you were considered wise by human standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you belonged to important pedigreed families. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the things of this world that are common and looked down on. He chose what is not considered to be important to do away with what is considered to be important so that no one can brag in the presence of God. God uses ordinary people so that when he does an extraordinary thing, the ordinary person can't say, I did that. The ordinary person has got to say, an extraordinary God put his hand on an ordinary person and did an extraordinary thing. And that's where we're headed. Amen? So that nobody can brag and say, I did that, I did that. Oh no, God did it. Now, Shamgar's story reveals three simple secrets to success that we can all put into practice starting today, and I'm really praying that we do. Begin today. I believe that today many of you are going to experience a shift, a change. If I could borrow the name of our church, turning point. You're going to have a turning point, a defining moment, because some of you are ready to say, that's it. Some of you are ready to say, it's time to defeat my giants. Shamgar's three secrets to success were very simple, so simple, you're going to think, how can there be anything to that? All oh, but there is. I want you to say them with me. Start where you are. Second, use what you have. Third, do what you can. We've all heard of an SUV. Some of you have an SUV. Just remember S-U-D. Start where you are, S use what you have, you. Do what you can, D. What did Shamgar do? He started where he was, he used what he had, and he did what he could. Now let me just take those three things and and start with the first one. Start where you are. This has to do with timing. Start where you are. 
Too often, we spend way too much time and energy thinking about our past or being enamored with our future. So much time thinking about the past or looking down towards the future that we miss the moment that God has for us. I'm going to tell you the most important time in your life and mine right now is now. That's the most important time. And the most important day is today. Not yesterday and not someday, but today. Everybody say with me today. Because today is the most important day in your life and mine. Because right now we've got a moment where we can make a quality decision to turn the rest of our life. We don't have yesterday because yesterday is gone. The past is the past because it's past. And we don't have someday. We don't even know what someday brings. But we have today. Winners live with a well-known but not often used mantra. It's a Latin phrase, carpa diem, and it means seize the day. Seize the day. Seize the moment maximize your moment. Maximize this hour, this day, for this is the only day we're certain of. Yesterday is gone. Someday isn't here yet. Shamgar said this to himself. I may never have another day like this one. I'm going to maximize this moment. This is the day that these giants come down. This is the day that Israel goes free. This is the day that I do something about this. I'm going to maximize my moment. God has given me this moment, this hour, this time, this day to do something about it. Paul said in Ephesians 5, 16, I want you to learn to redeem the time. In the Greek language, that means buy up every opportunity and make the most of it. Translated, I want you to learn to seize the day. Take advantage of every minute that God has given you. I can tell you, I have been at the bedside of people dying, and they have often said to me, Pastor, make the most of your time, because when your hour comes, it comes, and then it's over. We have now. Well, I know the Bible doesn't lie, so this man, Shamgar, was one serious fighter, taking out 600 Philistines with an ox goad. You know, as we go through the various unsung heroes from the Bible, I want to encourage you to remember that these were just ordinary people like you and me who believed in an extraordinary God. God came through for them, and He will come through for you. So allow these historical accounts from Scripture to build your faith and spur you on to believe God for the impossible. And be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Shamgar, the Fearless Farmer. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, every time God uses the ministry of Life Talk to transform a life by the power of Jesus Christ, it's because somebody like you gave financially and helped make it possible. 
Life Talk's daily program is listener supported. So if you're interested in supporting this ministry, call toll free 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or visit us online at lifetalkradio.us and make a donation to empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Shamgar, the fearless fighting farmer, is the eighth message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.